You are listening to She Speaks by the Great Canadian Woman. The great Canadian woman makes waves, she moves mountains, and she blazes trails. This podcast is a compilation of inspirational Canadian women sharing their message, their insight, their experience, and their expertise. and compassion, strength and softness, pride and humility, independence and connectedness. The great Canadian woman unites us by both our similarities and our differences, and this is where we listen, learn, connect and grow. You can learn more about our publishing opportunities, events and how to be a contributor on the She Speaks podcast or blog by visiting www.thegreatcanadianwoman.ca. I'm Michelle Kwok, co-founder and CEO of Flick. We're a platform that connects female founders and leaders with students from all across the world via meaningful apprenticeships. I'm super excited today to be on the Great Canadian Women podcast, so thank you so much for having me, and I'm just going to dive into it. So a little bit about me is that I am Canadian. I come from a first-generation immigrant family from Hong Kong. So classic Canadian story, you know, we immigrated here, but we had really, really traditional values growing up. I remember that the only four, I think, jobs that were allowed for me were doctor, lawyer, accountant, and engineer. And I kind of grew up thinking I'm going to be a doctor forever. I was probably six years old when I first got my birthday gift and it was a stethoscope and a stack of Baron's anatomy cards and my parents go okay Dr. Kwok here you go and from six years old onwards I was like this is a straight and narrow path for sure I'm going to be a doctor. It wasn't until after high school entering university that I realized there are so many other paths out there. I had kind of lived my life up to that point just to become a doctor. I had gone to medical sciences at Western University straight out of high school after taking all APs in biology, chemistry, um, calculus, you name it, I took it because that was the straight path to medical school. I wanted to get there fast and quick and I got to Western and suddenly there were so many diverse opportunities. I For the first time, I realized, oh my gosh, maybe I could do something in sport business. Maybe I could do something in in some other field that I'd never thought of, like marketing or business development or sales. There were just so many things that were open to me. But when I first came home for the first time, I, I said to my parents, I'm not sure if I want to be in medical sciences anymore. And they were like, that's ridiculous. You're doing well in school. That's going to be a steady path for you. They really stuck to their traditional values. They wanted the best for me. Obviously, they came to Canada thinking we're going to give our kids the best life possible. They're going to have steady income. They're going to be financially stable. And I think I freaked them out a little bit when I said, I want to switch my degree 
um, not even halfway through first year, I come home crying and I'm like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. I've lived my life up to this point to become a doctor. And they're like, no, no, no. This is just how university goes. You know, you'll be fine. I go back, I go through second year again. And again, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this, but I had so much free time. I was able to kind of get into entrepreneurial pursuits by accident. I didn't really know that these were entrepreneurial pursuits. It was, I, I started, I started helping manage a startup digital marketing agency in Vancouver. And we were managing clients that had over seven figures in sales. This was crazy to me, but it was a really, really fun experience. I got to work in influencer marketing. I got to manage events. I would fly back and forth from Western, which is in London, Ontario, back to Vancouver just to manage these events, take photos, videos, manage the marketing for it, um, and then just fly back to school like nothing happened. I would I started getting involved in entrepreneurial programs and got invited to stuff like League of Innovators. Um, and I started getting to know a lot of young entrepreneurs. I got invited to this group that was the core team of something called Impact Mentality. It was an initiative at the time that was creating events around North America, really around Gen Z social entrepreneurship, how to solve the world's biggest issues, as well as mental health. And through that, I got to work with brands like Headspace, Disney, Nike. It was the first time that I kind of got that confidence in myself that I could do something that was other than medicine, that I could create a large social impact beyond medicine. The biggest reason why I wanted to go into medicine and not go into law or accounting or engineering was because I thought I could be creating a positive net impact in someone's life every single day. And during those times in second year, when I was starting to get to know a little bit more about social entrepreneurship, I realized that you can really scale social impact. It doesn't have to just be on a one-to-one patient basis. Not that that's not important, but for me, I thought I could be doing something much larger with my time instead of going to school for another four years. I think for me in my head, it was just, I have to go to school for another four years and sit there and learn about the same things or another four years. I don't know if I want to do that. I have this kind of mindset where if I feel like I'm narrow or if I feel like I'm not moving forward, whether that's physically or mentally um, or intellectually, I feel like I am stagnant. I don't know if I'm growing and I start to get really jittery. And I think I was at that point in second year. Um, So I got to work also with Bumble, which was really, really cool. Huge catalyst to what I'm doing now. I'd gone to an all-girls school for 12 years of my life back in Vancouver and Peer-to-peer mentoring, women in leadership, um, peer-to-peer coaching was always a really, really big thing in my life. And when Bumble got introduced to me, I first thought, hmm, this is a dating app. I don't know if I want to do this. I remember my mom being appalled. She was like, you're going to work for a dating app? How are you going to get into medical school after this? But I accepted the, the position. It was a field marketing position. Uh, with Bumble as a campus director, and I started creating university-directed campaigns. But a big thing that a lot of people don't know about them is that Bumble is really an advocate for diversity and inclusion. They want to put women first, and they did a lot of work with women in business. So I also was able to integrate my Bumble work into my work with Impact Mentality, and we did a huge corporate sponsorship. That was one of the most cool sponsorships that I was able to work on. 
And we we were supporting women in leadership. I also got to work alongside the head of social impact at Headspace on the sponsorship in this event. I was still in medical sciences at the time. I remember one of our events was in San Francisco and um, I, was, I was still in medical sciences. I had a mandatory lab. If I missed this lab, I would fail the course and thus not pass on to the next year. And I went to... I went to my professor and I said, this is what I've been working on. I know this is a very specialized program and everyone here wants to go to med school, but I'm not sure I want to do that. I've been working on this event. I'm a core member of this event. I need to be in San Francisco during this lab. Can I please go? This was in, this was in third year. And she goes, that's hilarious. I've actually never heard of that as an excuse before. And I showed her everything I'd been working on and she thought it was awesome. Um, she said, yeah, go for it. I'll let you do the lab another time. We'll set up another time. And that was a game changer for me. Ended up going there. And I was, after that trip to San Francisco, I was set on entrepreneurship. I ended up applying to this program called Next 36. It is in Toronto. I didn't tell any... I didn't tell any of my family members what I was doing at the time. They thought that I was diligently studying for the MCAT. Meanwhile, I was prancing around North America doing who knows what, um, but really just honing my skill set, being able to work with all of these entrepreneurs and all of these startups and all these brands gave me a lot of insight into business. And all I honestly do think that this hands-on experiential learning was some of the most important learning I've ever done in my entire life. And without it, without Bumble teaching me how to connect with women in leadership and creating these conferences and the importance of elevating women entrepreneurs, um, each of these little pieces of my life, I never would be doing what I am today with Flick. So I'm so, so grateful. Ended up getting into Next36, told my parents in one text, I said, one, I just got into a startup accelerator called Next36. You can look it up. Here's the website. Two, I am not going to go to medical school. And three, I didn't take my MCAT. I also just switched my degree from a Bachelor of Medical Science to a Bachelor of Science major in medical science. And I'm not going back to school next year so that I can graduate a little bit early. This was obviously not taken super well, but I did end up moving to Toronto to Next36 and this was life-changing. Got to the program, there weren't as many female founders and colleagues as there were male colleagues, but that was that was totally fine. The only thing was that there weren't that many female mentors too. So we, me and my roommate ended up getting along really, really well. We had actually met two years ago at this media production agency that I had interned at. I had sent her a Facebook request and it's infamous now. It's known that she did not accept my Facebook request. Two years later, we were randomly roomed together at this small program. There were probably about 40 people from all over Canada accepted into this program and we were randomly roomed together and I (laughs) confronted her about it. And it's all good now. She says that she never saw it. She did accept my friend request. And her name is Ravina, and she is my co-founder today. So what happened was we realized there weren't that many female founders and mentors in the program, and we wanted to find people that we could resonate with. We wanted people who 
looked like us, people who had gone through the same barriers and challenges to help us navigate the world of entrepreneurship. It is a tough world. And honestly, it is quite male dominated. And that's something that we want to change. It's a huge part of our mission today. Um, and so we started a company literally in 48 hours. We, I remember I had this like mental breakdown on my birthday and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know if I'm meant to be here. It was this huge imposter syndrome moment where I was just like, I don't think that I can do this. Being an entrepreneur is very hard. Everyone here is way smarter than me. All the guys know what they're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. What have I done in my life that can lead me to be doing this now? And looking back, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that, but it, it happened in the moment. I had a complete mental breakdown. And in that moment, we realized we need to find female founders and mentors. We created Flick first as a media company. We started the website in 48 hours. We started a cold email template and we just, we made a list of female founders that were our go-to female founders, our dream female founders. And we blasted this cold email out. And what you realize is that you can't let anything stop you. We had this blazing self-confidence that we could do anything. We emailed Ariana Huffington um, after starting our website in 48 hours. We sent her a website, a pitch deck that we had made, our cold email. And actually, she replied. Um, that's kind of the Wayne Gretzky thought where you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So she replied and said, I love this message. This is so awesome. I'd love to share it on Thrive Digital. Unfortunately, we really didn't have anything at the time, but we are hoping to reach out to her again because we're a little bit more established now. But we did get to interview a lot of amazing female founders like Kim Kaup. She works with Justin Bieber, ASAP Rocky, Katy Perry. After she met with us, she met with John Mayer. She's Forbes 30 under 30. We got to interview the editor-in-chief of Glamour Magazine, Samantha Berry. We were invited to cover a talk by Michelle Obama. We also met other amazing female entrepreneurs and leaders along the way who are Canadian, including Eva Lau. And we totally bonded about being Chinese immigrant uh, families coming from a traditional background. She too was pushed into science, specifically engineering. And she realized that entrepreneurship really was the way. And she also got her family to kind of change their mindset and shift their mindset to love what she ended up doing. She is also one of the few a female venture capitalist in Canada. Definitely look her up, Eva Lau. She is the co-founder of Two Small Fish Ventures. Super cool. And also Paulina Cameron, who is one of our mentors today. And she is the CEO of Forum for Women Entrepreneurs that supports over 5,000 or 6,000 entrepreneurs, I guess now, female entrepreneurs around Canada. So amazing. Um, but what happened was we started getting organic feedback from founders that we were interviewing who were always saying, yeah, we are so under-resourced, under-capitalized. As a lot of people know, female founders get less than 2% of VC funding around the world. That is crazy. And then on the other side, all the students that always would watch our interviews would say the same thing. It was always, how did you meet these people? How can I meet people like this? How do I find mentors like this? Um, but also, I didn't even know that women could be entrepreneurs. I didn't know there were women in tech. One of the things that we heard all the time was, how do you become a female founder? And that was crazy. So we ended up pivoting to this apprenticeship portal in January of 2020 because we wanted to create a tangible outcome. Besides the media that we were putting out, 
we really wanted to be able to connect these women together. We knew there was a gap in the market for this, that we needed to get founders helping hands on their businesses, but students would also gain career-relevant experience, skills, training, and mentorship under established female leaders that they resonated with, that looked like them, that navigated the same barriers and challenges, and that could really help them expose them to entrepreneurship a little bit earlier and just raise that number. This doesn't have to be a male-dominated industry forever. This is what we could do to create a tangible outcome. So we did launch our apprenticeship portal in January of 2020. I think we expected to have about 200 users. Um, And now we have over 3,400 users from 38 countries around the world, which is absolutely insane. And we're so grateful to every single person who has come on board. But it's crazy to think that we almost didn't launch this because of our imposter syndrome. Um, We encountered so many times when at the very beginning, before we had anything, we would pitch our idea to guys and they would say, oh, I don't think this is going to work. You know, you're only you're only addressing 50 percent of the market. But then I kept thinking, isn't male deodorant only addressing 50 percent of the market or men's magazine or, you know, there's so many types of things like that. So to combat this, we would always have to remind ourselves that women need this, you know, like women need other women to lift them up so that we can create equity in the space. It's about equity. It's not that we don't want to bring on men onto our platform. It's that we need to support the women that need to come to the table in the first place because they don't have a seat. So our vision is really to be diverse and inclusive. We not only want to hit Canada and the U.S., but we want to be able to support women in rural and remote communities. We have this mission and vision that we're going to advance women's economic participation and accelerate women-led ventures across the world. So now looking back on my life journey, I kind of see all these random pieces coming together, and I really encourage you to look at your life to see how you can connect the dots to find your own journey. It's all about having a narrative, and I'm super lucky that I'm able to share it on LinkedIn. Um, I started I started personal branding, I guess, on LinkedIn uh, last year, and that really helped me through my journey. I started talking about how I was a medical science student who didn't know where she was going. I talked through my entrepreneurship timeline and even being vulnerable and sharing sometimes, I honestly don't know what I'm doing. I need some help. That resonated with people and that also brought people to our door trying to help us. So I definitely recommend you look back at your life. You might think it's so random things that you've done. For example, I've worked at neuroimaging labs. I worked at an infectious disease lab at, at Imperial College London, but I've also I've also done marketing. I started with a startup digital marketing agency. I've worked for Bumble. I've worked for an alcohol company and creating their student ambassador campaigns. I've done so many of these things, but I've amalgamated all of them. I've created them as little dots in my life and connected the dots to create a narrative that made sense for me and made sense with how how each of these learnings has added up together to allow me to become an entrepreneur that I am today. So really be vulnerable in sharing your story. People want to help you, especially other women. If you're a young woman out there, don't be afraid. Everyone has to get over imposter syndrome. Yes, there are challenges from coming from, for example, for me, 
a tr- very traditional Asian family where my family didn't understand what I was doing for a long time. For months, I think, when I told them I was switching my degree, they told other family members that I was still going to medical school. I'm sure you, a lot of you can empathize or resonate with that, but you have to find tangible ways to show them that this is your passion and that you can quantitatively make a difference and they're going to be on board because they really came to this country for you to be successful. Find people around you that can hype you up and find people around you who really believe in what you're doing and your mission. What is your mission? What is your personal vision? You know, for me, I look back in my life and going to an all-girls school is really important for me to support women. It was really important for me to support women through my work at Bumble. So this this has all, all my personal values and my mission has all come from my past experiences. Who you're going to become is also kind of like you have to look back at the puzzle pieces of your life and how do they come together to create the bigger puzzle and know that your puzzle is always getting bigger and bigger and that you're adapting. So I just want to end with um, a huge thank you to Great Canadian Women Podcast. I'm really, really looking forward to expand our mission and so glad that you are partnering with us today to help us expand that. We've been, we've been really looking to um, connect with other female founders and female students from around the world and especially in Canada So go and find your mission, go and find your personal brand, your vision, your values, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the She Speaks podcast by The Great Canadian Woman. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite player so you don't miss a single episode. And if you love what we're doing here, we would be so appreciative if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And if you want to connect with today's guest or become a guest on the show yourself, head to thegreatcanadianwoman.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time, make waves, move mountains, and blaze trails. Thank you.